0: Welcome to the Awakening Church, one of the great churches Maui has to offer. And now, Pastor Stefan Fusley with this week's message. Well, aloha. My name is Pastor Stefan. It's so great to have you here today. Heavy, heavy video, but yeah. How many of you seen Into the Gray? It, it, you better rent it. It is such a good movie. Um, that Basically, that's we're basing our series off here today and this the rest of this month. We're excited. We're going to be sharing with you. The fray is really a battle. And we're going to be sharing with you different types of battles that will be going on in your life. And each week is going to be super important. So I just want to encourage you to make it a point to be here, to tune in, whether it's on Facebook or on the app. Um, by the way, we just want to say welcome. Welcome. Um, if you're tuning in, we, we just want you to be here every week because this is such an important message. Uh, the battle is real. The fray is real. And so we're doing the message series into the fray. And the fir- uh, this, next week we're going to be talking about how it's so important to realize that there's a battle, battle for your mind. It's probably one of the biggest battles that you'll ever, ever know. There's a war for your mind and Satan does not play fair you got to come next week. It's going to be powerful, and God's going to speak to that. The following week, it's going to be how there's a battle, right? There's a fray for your body, and usually that follows the mind, right? Because the body takes on what you allow through the gateway of your mind into your heart. And some people I see that will just take on the stress of this world, and it'll, it'll deteriorate their body. It'll, it'll stress their body, and, and they'll get sick. Um, and so we talk about different parts of the body and uh, why there's such a battle for your body, uh, and then the following week we're going to talk about we're going to talk about how there's a battle for your spirit, how Satan just wants to break your spirit to where you give give up hope and where you're hopeless and where you're in despair. Satan wants to do that, but each week it's going to be super important. But today I want to talk to you about probably one of the biggest battles that you will experience while stepping into the fray, and that is the battle for one soul, the battle for one soul. I remember. Uh, being super young and having a keen sense of the reality of a battle that was raging between good and evil children have eyes to see typically more so than what adults can see and they they see into a world and they, and and they go to mom and dad and wake them up in the middle of the night and say mom and dad there's the boogeyman there's something bad in my room mommy daddy or they'll go into a place and they'll, they'll sense an evil there. Or they'll, they'll see something more than what us adults who become jaded, who become disillusioned, who do not see necessarily clear. We have to have proof. It's got to be evidence. It's got to be scientific. We have to experience it with our sense, right? Because really we're just a culture that is all about the five senses. What can I see? What can I hear? What can I touch? What can I smell? What can I, what can I, um, what was it? Taste, taste. How many of you lost your taste? You got a little older and you lose your taste or smell. Okay, I, 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 I know somebody got a little less of hearing, okay? Or your eyes are not so good, but these senses aren't so important, but there's another sense that's even greater. I remember being at times where, Um, I would be in my room as a child, and I would experience a great type of evil that would just come into my room and surround me, and I was terrified. And my mom always taught me, Stefan, when you feel like there's something evil in your room, she taught me from a young age because she knows children picks up on this, her children pick up on this. She says, you say the name of Jesus, and that thing will have to flee. And so I would cry out, Jesus, in the middle of the night, and that thing would just whoosh, it would fly. And I experienced as a young child that, that there is a, something bigger, there's something more than just the five senses, senses that us adults, so we rely so heavily on. There would be other times I'd be riding my bike alone through the w- woods in the middle of the night, and I would just be, I would see shadows, and I would, I would just be going as fast as I could on my bike, and I would just feel that there's an evil pursuing me. Uh, That there's a reality, There there is a darkness in this world that we cannot necessarily always explain. For example, have you ever had a really bad day? I mean like a really, really bad day and it was super important that you had a good day. But one thing after another, after another happened and you're starting to ask yourself, what in the heck is going on? Is there some kind of conspiracy happening against me? I'm, I, this is a big day for me. This, this is important for me, what's going on. And you thought to yourself, and maybe just for a second, you got a hint from from God. It's like maybe there's something going on here that's bigger than just what you can measure and what you can see. Or I don't know, maybe you've had a time in your life where you've seen something truly evil. I don't know if many of you remember where you were and what you were doing when you watched the planes crash into those buildings in New York on September 11th. One crashed in, and that's when I tuned in and I saw live on live TV. I saw the other plane crash into the side of the building and I saw evil. I saw evil with my own eyes. And people rushed into the churches, they filled the churches. Because they had a glimpse, they had a hint that there's something bigger going on here than just this nine-to-five job and raising a family and, and looking good for your neighbors. It, it, there's something more. There's something more important. Or maybe you felt like, kind of like when you're a kid, you felt like you had a touch on something that there's a, a, a spiritual battle at play, and that's kind of stuck with you. That, that's great but maybe you haven't, and it's only until recently when you were walking on the razor's edge of life and death, whether it was the power of nature in the ocean, or maybe you uh, maybe you experienced some type of health problem and you were just uh, completely at the end of yourself, and then so what you did is you saw more clearly than you ever have the reality of what is in this life. And so you called out to God. You called out to God with all you got. Like the video, you cried out to God. God, if you're there, rescue me. Help me. Maybe that's you. But I I have a question for you here this morning. And I really want you to wrestle with it and, and consider it. And it's this. Can we keep on ignoring the divine hints of God? Can we just keep on living, ignoring the divine hints of God and just keep on measuring reality and the battles of this world and missing up and missing out on a spiritual degree of reality, a spiritual dimension of reality that you have no clue of? And because you're not aware of it, You are vulnerable, and Satan is having a heyday with you because there's a battle going on for your soul, for your mind, your body, your spirit. He wants to break you. He wants to ruin you. And because of that, we have to be in prayer on our knees before God cry out to him. So that's what we're going to do. Can you join me in doing that? Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for what you're teaching us. We thank you that you are a powerful God and that you are bigger than all the evil and all the darkness in this world. And even though that we feel like we're overwhelmed in this battle and we're outnumbered, Lord, that you plus me and you plus each and every person in this room is the majority. And so we thank you for that. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge right now without you, we can do nothing. We're useless. And so we invite you, Holy Spirit. We, we pray that you would fall in this place, that you would rest in our hearts, that you would open eyes, Lord, to help us see the battle that is at play. In Jesus' precious name, and everybody said, amen, amen. Hey, we're going to jump into our word. We, we love the Bible here at The Awakening. We live our lives based off that. It's a powerful thing. It's sharper than a double edge of a sword, and it cuts to the heart of matter in life and everything. It's our guide manual on life, and it's so important. Hey, we got some custom awakening bibles as our gift to you we want to give to you as our gift we want to be generous also we have an awakening app super cool you can download that and listen to us wherever you are um and it's just a lot of cool things we, we make god's word accessible to you we're going to jump into revelations chapter 12 verse 12 and i want to help you understand who your enemy is his name is satan and you need to know your enemy why is that important why the Art of War. How many of you read The Art of War? Okay. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a, a manual for warfare, and it was written by Sun Tzu. And this is what he says about you and your enemy. He, here's what he said. If you know your enemy and you know yourself, you need not fear the results of a 100 battles. But if you know yourself but not the enemy, for every victory gained, you will also suffer defeat. If you know neither your enemy nor yourself, you will succumb in every battle. So it's important that you know who your enemy is, Satan is. And the reality is, is that Satan was one of the, the, the most beautiful angels, given the most authority, but uh, right below God. And what happened is he, beat, he thought he was greater than God, and so God cast him from heaven, cast him down here on earth, and this is what jesus said about the situation in revelation chapter 12 verse 12 in good news translation it says and so be glad you heavens and all that live there but how terrible for the earth and the sea for the devil has come down to you and he is filled with rage because he knows that he only has a little time left satan is raging he's raging And he attacked first Adam and Eve in the garden. And he attacked them through the mind. We'll talk about that in a couple weeks here. But he attacked them. And the reality is he tempted them with a tree of knowledge of good and evil. But the reality is they already had everything that was good. They did not die. They did not suffer. They had everything provided to them. They were blessed. They were the most like God's image that they had ever been. Since the fall. But Satan provided the knowledge of the evil. Here you go. You're welcome. There you go. Sign seal delivered. Evil. Boom. He's raging. He knows that the souls of man is important to God. He knows that how much God loves humankind. And so Satan is raging, trying to take us out. Satan has declared war on you. He is here to steal, to kill, and destroy, to leave you empty, to leave you broken. And you must be aware that he is here to kill. And just because you have not declared war on Satan does not mean that Satan has not declared war on you. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. God's talking to Adam, to Eve, and to Satan. He's giving uh, the judgment for the, their disobedience. And this is what he says. He says, I'm declaring war between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. Who is Adam's, or sorry, who is Eve's offspring? Look at your neighbor, point to your neighbor, say, You are Eve's offspring. God said, I am declaring war between you and your offspring. He will wound your head and you will wound his heal war has been raged on you and it's about time that you reflect and look back as a child i really start to see in hindsight looking back i see how the enemy tried to tackle me and try to take me out because he knew what i would do for example when moses was born satan knew that he was trouble He wanted to keep the Israelites in bondage. And so what he did is he had the Pharaoh kill all the firstborn. All the firstborn. To take him out before he could do anything, any damage. Same thing happened with Christ when Christ was born, right? Remember how that happened? Christ was born, King Herod heard about it. And he did everything in his power to take out Jesus before he could do any damage. The same with us. With me. I mean, I I was raised in the church. But I went there, there was a lot of religion without relationship. There was a lot of rules without love. And so what I saw was hypocrisy. And I, I was like, I don't want anything to do with this. I didn't sense the love and the compassion. I went to a Christian school. And although I will hand it to you that not a lot of people that attended there were Christian. I still connected that time with Christianity. Because I was made fun of every day at school by people I thought were Christians and I would be crying. And I was like, if that's Christianity, I don't want it. I had teachers who didn't care about me really whether I failed or succeeded. I was like, if that's Christianity, I don't want it. And so from a young age, I was attacked. There's other things that happened along the way that Satan was viciously raging after me. And I don't know if you can think back to your childhood and think about the things that the enemy has done to try to rage against you. Maybe he's done some things to try to take you out. Or maybe, just real simply, we don't have to go back all the way to your childhood. Maybe we can think about right here, right now, on Sunday morning, there was a war, an all-out war for you getting up out of bed to be here at church because Satan knew that you needed to hear something today. And that your life might be transformed. So there was a war. Okay. So we've talked about who the enemy is. His name is Satan. He's the devil. He's a liar. He's here to seek out, kill, steal, and destroy you. That is his mission. He is called the accuser of the saints. He goes up to heaven and accuses you constantly like a prosecutor. Of all the bad things you do. And guess what? God just points at Jesus and says, he's got Jesus. He Jesus. Hey, Jesus your lawyer, okay? Amen for that. Everybody give your neighbor a high five for that. Jesus is being your lawyer, all right? Because he's defending you. Now, how do we win? If we know who Satan is, how do we win the battle for a soul? There's a couple things I want to talk to you about. They're super important. And you've got to pay attention. The first one is this, is that you have to acknowledge the battle with your enemy. You have to acknowledge it. If you do not acknowledge it, you haven't identified it, you haven't defined it, and we live in a culture that is so afraid to define the enemy, to acknowledge the enemy. Oh, well, that's not politically correct. Oh, well, that's not nice. But you got to acknowledge who your enemy is. Otherwise, you will be in trouble. I had a friend that I grew up with, um, dear friend, uh, went to church with him many years, uh, heard the same messages from the pastor, and I went off to Maui, I accepted the Lord into and, and my life, I surrendered my life to him, it radically transformed me, I went home super pumped up to share with my friend about my faith, and I told him about the war that had happened, the battle that had happened for my soul, where I was listening literally listening to the lies of Satan, and then I was hearing people speak on behalf of God truths that allowed me to counter what the enemy was telling me. And ultimately, I surrendered my life to God. But it didn't come until there was a war. It was an all-out war. And I shared this with him, and he's like, man, Satan's not real. Can you, you really believe that? I'm like, yeah, I, I believe it. I mean, there's real evil in this world. There's evil people. And, you know, even the Bible talks about how there is an enemy of our souls. There, There's Satan. He's like, oh, man, I don't believe in that. Maybe there's a God, but not Satan. And i just like perplexed by that. And there's a danger in that because if you don't acknowledge that you've got an enemy, well, wow, you are vulnerable for attack than ever. Because you could prepare, you could be on guard, but you don't even know. Jesus, he said this in Acts chapter 26, verse 17 through 18, the message version. He said, I'm sending you off to open the eyes of the outsiders. Who's the outsiders? People who have not said yes to Jesus yet. Okay? He said, I'm sending you out to open their eyes they need to see something. They need to know that there is a battle raging for the soul. So I'm going to send you off to open their eyes so they can see the difference between the dark and the light, right? Because we live in a world that the good is bad and bad is good, and we celebrate that. But I'm going to have you open their eyes, and they're going to be like, whoa, I'm going to see the difference between dark and light and choose light and see the difference between Satan and God and choose God. I'm sending you off to present my offer of sins forgiven, and place in the family, uh, a place in the family, inviting them into the company of those who begin real living. Everybody say real living. If you want to begin real living, you have to what? Believe in Him. Believe in Him. But He's acknowledging. Jesus is acknowledging that their their eyes are closed to the reality of the battle. They are not. They are not aware of the battle that is raging. Let me give you a, an, an example that might work for you. You know, it's funny to me, and I turned the the news station on, and people are so politically correct on the news that they don't want to call something for what it is. Let me tell you something. Islamic terrorists tell us plainly what it is they're wanting to accomplish, and that is to kill you. They are, in fact, going down the phone book list and just adding churches by name on their kill lists. Okay? They're here to kill you. And if you so happen to be in their proximity, they would not hesitate. The book that they read from in many places tells you exactly what they are here to do. But we want to get political to say, oh, no, it's all loving. Oh, I, know, uh, I know a Muslim who's very sweet. That's great. That's great. They're very peace-loving Islamic people. But that's one example of something that is very clearly defined itself but we're unwilling to say and look at it and say, oh, well, maybe there's something to that. All right. And why is that dangerous? Why is it dangerous? Look back to December 11th. Because we were like, oh, no, everything's all good. Nobody wants to get we're, we're America. Everybody loves us, right? No, not everybody loves you. Okay, let's say your eyes have been opened to a battle to take you out. What if your eyes have already been open to the reality of the battle? Well, I love the sarcasm here in James. I love the sarcasm found here. James chapter 2, verse 19, it says, So you say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Good for you. That even demons believe this and they tremble in terror. He's saying, Hey, if you acknowledge that there is a battle, good for you. The devil and the demons already know there is a battle and they already believe I exist as God. Good for you. If you've gotten to a place where you're not an atheist, you believe there is no God to a place where you're agnostic and you believe that there is something greater out there, good for you. But that does not protect you. You are either on the enemy side or on God's side and if you are on, if you haven't picked a side, guess what side you're on by default? The enemy side. In this battle, and he has no problem taking out his own team. Now, James chapter 2, verse 9, it says, Good for you, the demons believe this. Is There's something more to this spiritual battle than maybe that you're acknowledging. Right now, maybe you're just kind of living things by just like, Hey, is there evidence? Is there? Can I smell it? Can I taste it? Can I hear it? Can I... Touch it, right? And maybe God's trying to give you a hint, but like, hey, maybe there's something going on here. You haven't acknowledged your enemy, or maybe you have. Good for you, but there's something more. And I'm going to tell you just here right now. But how do you win the battle for your soul? You acknowledge the battle with your enemy, don't be afraid to define it. The second thing is protect the ground you have gained. Protected at all costs. How many of you guys watch football? NFL fans in here. All right, shout out your team. Oh, oh boy. Oh, boy. 49ers fans, I saw that game a couple weeks ago. They killed the Rams. All right, so the reality is that football is a game that is designed to emulate military strategy and the taking of ground. That's really what it all is about. That push the ball down the field, hold your ground. That's what football is. And that is kind of similar to a story that Jesus taught about spiritual ground, holding spiritual ground. And we're going to pick that up here in Matthew chapter 13, verse 19. It says this. And by the way, this was a, this was a, um, this was a description of a spiritual battleground that was made and described as a farmer casting seed, right? He's talking about the, the different places the farmer cast the seed, right? Some unto the to path, some into the, uh, to the rocks where they grew up and withered and died, some into fertile soil, but then the thorns came and crowded them out, right? Some into fertile soil, and they produce 100 times their fruit. But the first one was the path, and that's where we pick up. This is what Jesus says. Uh, he says this, the seed... That fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. Notice. The footpath represents people who hear it. They see it. They acknowledge that there is a war. And they believe that there is a God And they may even get a breakthrough where they're saying, well, I want to take a step towards God. But the reality is Satan comes like a defender when you're running down the field with a football and he's coming after to swat that football out of your hands so there's a fumble. He is the defensive line that comes and wants to sack the quarterback before you can progress. Satan is there to take you out and snatch away the progress that you have made in your life. If you make a step towards God, watch out. There's usually a counterattack, right? God stops, protect the ball, protect the ball. God starts something in your life. He starts something in your life that's big. And then Satan comes and distracts you, trips you up. Maybe it's a breakthrough with your career or maybe it's, you're working on becoming a better father or mother or you're trying to do something good or righteous or pono with your life and the enemy comes in and tries to sabotage you at every step of progress. Maybe it's recovery. Maybe it's trying to get in shape. Or maybe you have some things that you think that are coincidence that are chipping you up and you got to realize that you're, you have a defensive line bearing down on you and wants to smack that ball out of your hands, protect the ball. You start going to church. You start reading the Bible. Wow, there's gonna be a battle. You start getting into habit. There's gonna be a battle. The enemy's gonna try to stop you from the progress you're making, from the ground you've gained. He wants to take it back to take it away from you. Especially if you surrender to your life to Jesus for the first time and you say, not only do I see the battle, I believe you're a God, Lord, but I surrender to you. And I sit down and I tell people who give their hearts to Jesus that, listen, you ought to expect attack from the enemy. You ought to expect him to try to take you out because there is going to be a counterattack coming and you have to be prepared for it. And it's funny, I'll have people come up to me and after they've given their hearts to Jesus and they'll tell me, yeah, Pastor Stephen." Like It totally happened. What you said happened. It, it, like I totally got sideswiped by this issue. And I was making progress. Satan wants to steal the seed that's planted away in your heart and rip it away, take it away from you. Don't let it happen. Protect the ground you have. Recognize, acknowledge the battle with your enemy. Have them defined. Protect the ground you have gained. And then finally, how do you win? The battle for your soul is you count the cost of war. Of war. Have you ever picked a fight with someone that you underestimated and then they put a whooping on you? Maybe it was in your childhood or your adult life. Maybe you picked a task that was bigger than you and you bit off way more than you can chew. Gotta count the cost of war. Jesus talks about in Luke chapter 14, verse 31-33, he says, Or can you imagine a king going into battle against another king without first deciding whether it is possible with his 10,000 troops to face the 20,000 troops of the other? And if he decides he can't, won't he send an emissary to work out a truce? Simply put, if you're not willing to take what is dearest to you, whether plans or people, and kiss it goodbye, cannot be my disciple. That's a heavy cost. Consider everything dear to you and be willing to kiss it goodbye. That's a heavy, heavy cost. And it's a cost that sometimes feels overwhelming, so overwhelming that people will not surrender their lives to God. But I try to tell them, yes, the cost is huge, but it's not necessarily paid all up front. You have to take a step of faith. And then once you do that, God will step in, and he will show you the value ratio of what your surrender means, and you will find that there is great value, great reward in that surrender, so much so that the next step will be even more motivating because you, after... 50 steps, 100 steps, you will see the new life that you have in it, the life that's lived to the fullest. And you are, you are letting go of more and more and more. It doesn't mean you're neglecting your family or telling people they're worthless or you know, just giving up your dreams and being, uh, you know, defeatist. Uh, I mean, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about starting to see things for what they really are. You're counting the cost. I'm here to tell you that without God, the battle is impossible. Without God, the cost is too much to bear. But there's someone who paid that cost in full. His name is Jesus. He died on the cross for you. He paid the penalty for your sin so that you can be set free. Your soul has eternal value. It doesn't end here on earth. It goes on. The body dies, but the soul goes on forever, right? Listen to this. Think about this. If you die twice on earth, right, you die to yourself. You die to yourself. You you surrender to God. And then you die a physical death with everybody's promise. You only die once, your physical death, because you won't die eternally. But if you, on this earth, if you only die once, in the end, you die twice because you die not only in the physical realm but in the spiritual realm as well. The soul matters. It is eternal And there's a place for it. And there's a battle for your soul. The enemy is real. We have to acknowledge that he exists. We have to fight for every foot that we gain. We have to realize that there's a cost to this war because the battle is real. Bullets are flying. People are dying. People are going to hell. And that's not popular talk about a church, oh, fire and brimstone. But there is a hell. And there is a heaven. And there is a place that we go. Hell or heaven. What will you choose? Satan wants you to believe that there is no hell because he wants to take you there with him where he's going to be sent to go. He doesn't want to be alone, party pooping by himself. He wants to be seen the pain and the suffering of everybody else around him like a suicide bomber taking out as many people he can with him. There is consequences for this battle. And sure, you can go on life and pretending it's not real. La 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 la, bullets are flying. La la, la I'm in fairyland. In... Wake up. Open your eyes. It's real. If there is no heaven and there is no hell, what the hell are we doing here? We're playing church? We're wasting our time. The Bible says that if there is no reward for us who believe, we're to be pitied. We're to be pitied in the world because we're playing a game and then everybody else is aware that's just a farce. But if it's real, but if it's real, oh, the consequences, what's at stake, it's it's frightening. I've seen atheists on Facebook they will go and be really, really transparent and they'll say, listen, if you're a Christian and you really believe what what that book says, then I'm happy when you come and try to convince me to come with you because if what you're saying is true and you're not doing anything to help me find and see the truth and have my eyes open, then you just don't care about me. You have no love in your heart. And some of us are living our lives and not sharing the truth as if though we don't have any love for anybody that's perishing. The battle's real, bro. The battle's real, my sister. My auntie. My mother, my father. The battle is real. And I'm like Jerry Maguire and I'm in the office standing on the desk and I'm saying, who's coming with me? That's what I'm saying. But you got to have your eyes open to the battle. You have to know that you got to fight for every little piece of ground spiritually because there's so much to be lost and you have to count the cost. But don't worry. Don't fret. Don't be afraid. The cost has been paid. You have immeasurable worth. Immeasurable value. God's word says that you are a masterpiece. His masterpiece. That's how much he loves you. He loves you so much. He sent his son to die for you. That is how much he loves you. So what? I love that John Truller poem. This is how I want you to apply today's message. By reading this poem. Once more into the fray, into the last good fight I'll ever know. Live and die on this day. Live and die on this day. And that's what Christ calls us to do. If any man would come after me, I bid him come and die. To lay his life down and follow me. And infuse surrender to him, it's like the Bible says, those who try to save their lives will lose it and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. And I want you to have life and life to the fullest. Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and the light. He who believes in me will not die. He's talking about the soul. How many of you guys wanna go and party in heaven till the day you die? Pastor Fussel. Fusle, more correctly, right? Hang out with your brothers and sisters run around through walls, surf big waves of jaws on your beachfront property in heaven. I am into that. And then looking at God's face and saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. I want that for you. But there needs to be a surrender. And this is how you do it. You do it Like James says in chapter four, verse seven through 10, the message he says, so let God work his will in you. Yell aloud no to the devil. Everybody yell no to the devil. No. 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 Yell aloud, aloud no to the devil and watch him scamper. Say a quiet yes to God and he'll be there in no time. Quit dabbling in sin. Purify your inner life. Quit playing the field. Hit the bottom and cry out in your knees and cry your eyes out. The fun and games are over. Get serious, real serious. Get down on your knees before the Master. It's the only way you'll get on your feet. The only way out is to step into the fray. The only way of escape is to step into the battle to grab your sword, which is the Word of God, and fight. And fight. Mistakes are real. I'm going to close with this verse. And as I do it, I want you to uh, realize the heart of God and who he is. And know that how much he cares for you. And I know that he wants to stand beside you. You're not meant to stand alone in this battle. You're meant to fight side by side with brothers and sisters in Christ and with Jesus standing before you. So this is, I'm gonna read Psalm 91, verse one through 16. And if you could close your eyes and if you can imagine with me the heart of God for you. It says this, You who sit down in the high God's presence spend the night in Shaddai's shadow. Say this, God, you are my refuge and I trust you and I'm safe. That is right, he rescues you from the hidden traps, shields you from the deadly hazards. His huge outstretched arms protect you. Under them, you're perfectly safe. His arms fend off all harm fear nothing, not wild wolves in the night, not flying arrows in the day, not disease that prowls in the darkness, not despair and disaster that erupts at high noon, even though others succumb all around, drop like flies right and left, no harm will even graze you, you'll stand untouched, watch it from the distance, Watch the wicked turn into corpses. Yes, God is your refuge, your high God, your very own home, evil. is a battle. Acknowledge your enemy. Fight for every bit of ground you've got. Count the cost. But then live and die on this day. The cost of not going to war. Cuz some of us want to just say run and hide. Let's go hide. Let's climb under a rock the cost of not going to war in the spiritual realm is greater than going to war. You have to fight. This is literally hell on earth. This is our boot camp where God puts us in a situation to either acknowledge and surrender to him, or choose to walk away from him. God, is a gentleman, he doesn't force us to love him. He wants us to choose to surrender, choose to love. And that's what I want to do this morning. We're going to pray. I'm going to bow our heads and close our eyes. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. Lord, we just thank you for just the reality that, that, we now know there's a battle. It's not just these hints and these coincidences. We realize that there's a spiritual element. There's a spiritual battle for our very souls. And Lord, I know that you brought people here this morning who haven't been acknowledging that the enemy is, is at play in their lives. And because of it, they've been hurting. Or maybe they don't realize because they let up a little here or they don't follow you there, Lord, that they're giving up ground. It's so valuable. Maybe they made some progress in their life following you, but they've let it go. Or maybe the cost seems too great. It doesn't matter which one of those scenarios that you find yourself, if, if you feel like any one of those three steps that, man, well, I, I'm not there yet. In one of those steps. I'm not there yet. you're in here this morning would you be courageous would you raise your hand without anybody looking around eyes closed heads bowed so i can pray for you this morning just be courageous just raise your hand if you want prayer god bless you good good god bless you oh god bless you god bless you Your hand. god bless you god bless you i see your hand there god bless you god bless you lord i just pray help us to see the enemy open our eyes give us eyes to see And, and and when we and when we see our enemy and this enemy is not our neighbor, right? This is not our neighbor. It's not even the people who want to kill us, who want to blow us up. That's not our enemy. The enemy is Satan. Help us to love our enemies, but help us to see what's at play. Lord, I just pray, continue to pray here that there's some of us who have made progress in our faith and the enemy is here to steal it, to snatch away the progress that you made. And you, man, if you're feeling like that, that's you and... I know you've raised your hand. Lord, I pray for these people here that have made that progress. Lord, help them to defend that ground. Help them defend that ground. Lord, help us to continually count the cost. It's a daily process of surrendering more and more. But there's some in here who have not done it at all, or maybe they did it a long time ago. And they need to rededicate their life. If that's you this morning, I'm going to say a simple prayer. And if you could, everybody could say it aloud with me so nobody feels left right out. It's a simple prayer where you just tell God, man, I am on your team. I surrender to you. I want to follow you. Not, not only do I want to see, I believe and I want to follow. I want to follow my knees before you. And you just say these words. They're real simple. You say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I believe that you died on the cross for me and you paid my penalty." For my sin, which is death. Not only did you die, Jesus, but you rose from the dead. You conquered death so that I could be free. Jesus, I believe you're Lord, and I want you to be Lord of my life. Come into my heart, wash me clean, make me a new person. In Jesus' name. And if that's you this morning, if you said that prayer, rededicate rededicate your life, you said it for the first time. Would you be courageous? Would you raise your hand so I can pray for you? Anybody in here? God bless you. See your hand there. It's awesome. God bless you. I see it. I see your hand. God bless you. Good. 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 Anybody else? else? God bless you. See your hand there. God bless you. That was so important. So huge what you're doing. When you're raising your hand, you know what's happening in heaven. There is an all-out party. The angels are rejoicing. There are a cloud of witnesses, of people who've gone before, your ancestors, relatives who've been praying for you, been rooting for you, are celebrating because you have given your life to Jesus. And that is all that matters. Let's give God a praise this morning. Let's give God a praise for those who give their heart to Jesus. That's good. Thank you for joining us this week. The Awakening Church is a church that unchurched people love to attend, where real people can come as they are and connect with others who love God. If you're on Maui, please come join us. If you're not on Maui or you can't attend a service, check us out online at theawakening.org or download our Awakening Church app. You'll find past messages, online Bible studies, scripture, and lots of other cool stuff, including ways where you can help us continue our mission. If this message has blessed you, you can help us increase our reach by giving to the Awakening Church, either on our app or online. Thank you for joining us. Aloha.